0: Hello! 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 Welcome to Three Stooges Throwback, the comprehensive, encyclopedic compendium of all things Three Stooges. From woman-haters to sappy bullfighters, from curly to Shemp, and even to Joe, I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and I am looking at all 190 shorts produced for Columbia Pictures by the Three Stooges comedy team and welcome back once again to the three stooges throwback podcast i am still your host gabriel russo and we are still going over the 190 shorts produced for columbia pictures by the comedy team the three stooges this is episode 46 covering the short a plumbing we will go before we get into things i've been trying this stuff called magic mind Um, It's called, it builds itself as the world's first productivity drink. It's a tiny little bottle, two ounces of stuff that you drink 20 minutes before you're going to be doing something either mentally or physically strenuous. Um, I'm working on my master's degree right now, and this magic mind has helped me tremendously. You know, when trying to write a paper I'm not interested in writing, which is all of them, frankly. Uh, At first, I didn't really notice a difference, but after a couple of days, I did notice some increase in energy and focus, as well as uh, mood improvement, which is nice. Anyway, I just wanted to share the existence of this product, Magic Mind. They are a carbon neutral company based in the United States, and if you are looking for a boost of mood, focus, energy, productivity, and to decrease stress, and who isn't, then Magic Mind is the product for you. Reminded me a little of wheatgrass, if you've ever had that. It was a milder flavor than that. Uh, Wheatgrass is a pretty green grassy flavor, if you know what I mean. This is Nootropics and Natural Ingredients, baby. Check out their website at www.magicmind.co slash profiles. And enter the code profiles20 for a nice little price break. Check them out today. Magic Mind. Athletes have Gatorade. Creators have Creatorade. I like that line. Nice work, Magic Mind people. That's the way. Anyway, let's get into the show. First things first, I use Wikipedia, IMDB, and the 3 And I have incorporated recently TakeMeBack.to for historical bits, as well as ObscureActress.wordpress.com from time to time, if I can't find anything about a particular actress. I'm watching them all on The Three Stooges, all one word, all lowercase account on YouTube in 1080p. And let me tell you, they look better than they did when they were first released. And I was there. I've read almost every book on the boys, and I use my own brain to formulate the opinions on the show, while I also regurgitate the opinions of others. I am not an expert on The Three Stooges, just a knowledgeable fan. I make mistakes. I leave things out. But it's fine, everything will be okay. I will probably repeat myself a hundred times before it's over. With that said, let's get on with the show for real. Plumbing comes in with a runtime around 1745 or so. It was shot over four days from December 14th to the 18th, 1939, and was released to an adoring public April 19th, 1940. So a five-month wait on this one which is only uh, one month for you NASDAQ spy. What else was going on in April 19th, 1940? Boris Karloff in The Man With Nine Lives scared folks at the box office. Lana Turner and Joan Blondell excited them in Two Girls on Broadway. Flash Gordon Conquers the Universe with Buster Crabbe was out too as was Terry and the Pirates, which is based off an early comic strip by Milton Caniff. Comics was one of my previous obsessions, and I know a bit about them, so when I saw Terry and the Pirates, I was like, hey, that's a comic strip. Anyhow, yay me. Jack Benny and the Jello program was still probably the most popular radio show. The heavyweight boxing champ was Joe Lewis was the only fighter to be champion every year of an entire decade. Wow. He won it in 1937 and he lost it in 1949. Amazing. The heavyweight wrestling champ was Jim Landos, the Golden Greek. This short is produced by Dell Lord and Hugh McCollum. It's directed by Dell Lord with story and screenplay credits going to Elwood Ullman. Curly, Larry, and Moe are the Stooges in question. Of course, and away we go. Nobody gets any featuring or with credits this time out, but we do have quite a few uncredited people and familiar faces like we always do. Eddie Lawton as the prosecutor. He's been covered numerous times. Born in the UK, he was the straight man for the Boys on Tour. He went with the Boys to the UK in their 1939 tour of this year in question. His third wife was named Mary Eaton. She co-starred in Coconuts with the Marx Brothers. John Tyrell is Judge Hadley. We've profiled him lots as well. He was in over 40 Stooge vehicles. Bud Jameson plays Officer Kelly. What more can we say about Bud Jameson? Eight years after his death, Jules White used his picture for the campaign posters for Hammond Egger in the short Three Dark Horses. We've covered him a lot, so I'll just pick a random fact. Al Thompson is the storekeeper, and he was in over 60 Stude shorts, as well as some Shemp and Joe Dorita solo efforts. Monty Collins is Professor Bilbo. He was in 160 pictures and wrote 32 films. He was Jules White's first choice for supporting actor. Like, if he needed a supporting actor, Jules White would just call Monty Collins. He was called the Dan Aykroyd of his day in that he was a reliable performer and he did not mind others getting the laughs rather than himself. He will play the Stooges' mother in two years in Cactus Makes Perfect, but we'll get there. George Gray is the man on crutches. One month before his unexpected death, he married Andy Clyde's widow in August of 1967. Clyde was a big comedian of the 20s and 30s. George Gray was in 24 stewed Shorts and 1 Shemp. Neil Burns is in Bilbo's audience. In 1918, he was an Army Drill Sergeant. He appeared in more than 200 films between 1915 and 1946. Frank Farr is also in the audience. Older guy, there's not much on him. He was born in Decatur, Georgia and was in a few films. Mostly known for the 1949's Fireside Theater and 1950s, The Texan Meets Calamity Jane. Claire James is Bilbo's assistant. This is her only stewed short. One shemp solo effort. Her second husband was Busby Berkeley, the big extravagant musical guy with all the you know, the legs kicking and whatnot. He would almost look had a kaleidoscope kind of a look. Uh, she was Miss California in 1938, and was first runner-up to Miss America. Her dad was the fire chief for 20th Century Fox in the 1930s. Wilson Benge, or Benge, B-N-G-E. Bang is the butler. He was one of Hollywood's most recognizable manservants in the 30s and 40s. He was in over 200 films playing mostly butlers or valets valets valet valet i think here it's valet and in england it's valet three stooge shorts were his uh contribution and one ted healy solo short we've got dudley dickerson as the cook he was in 11 stooge outings he was in almost 160 films And during uh, Hold That Lion with the boys, they all laughed at his portrayal of the conductor, getting the seat of his pants clawed. You can hear it in the short, all the people on set laughing. He was super funny and had a lot of memorable parts in his 11 appearances. We've got Best Flowers. She was Miss Hadley. Remember, she was the queen of Hollywood extras and has been covered here many times. We remember her for, she has the record for appearing in films that were nominated for Best Picture. 23 films nominated for Best Picture, and five that won. Unbelievable. She was in 350 movies over a 41-year career. Jay Eaton plays the guest in The Shower. His first role was a featured part in 1920 in a film called Her First Elopement and he worked in more than 200 films, usually in bit parts. Uh, My wife and I eloped, so we're cool like that. Simona Boniface is a party guest. She has been profiled numerous times here, Simona Boniface. Her mother was an inventor, but I couldn't find what she invented, so. She was in 120 films, and her tour de force was Halfwit's Holiday in 1947. So, we'll get there as well. Burt Morehouse is also a party guest with 130 credits over a 26-year career. In 1954, he had roles in three movies, all released posthumously after he committed suicide after a long illness. January 26, 1954. Three films all posthumously released. That's pretty crazy. Helen Godwin is a party guest as well. She was also billed as Helen Davis and Helen Lawrence, but I couldn't find any information on any of them. Three Stoog shorts, though, so there's that. Uh, we got Edwin Edmund Mortimer. He's also a party guest. He was from a prominent family in Brooklyn and Washington and was in over 250 movies between 1913 and 1945. Holy crap. He directed 23 films between 1918 and 28. Hmm. Larry Steers is a party guest as well. Between 1917 and 51, he appeared in more than 550 movies. He did more Ted Healy solos than Stood shorts, it looks like. He was in five Shemp solos, three or four with Ted, and uh, one with Ted and Larry. So that's an odd one. Um, I'm going to get to all the solo efforts as well in this podcast, so just sit tight. That Ted with Larry kind of is is interesting. The Larry solo efforts are, uh, there aren't any, I don't believe. So anyway, Gene Morgan is the TV announcer. There's not much on Gene, even though he was in 111 films. And he will pass in August of 1940, so he hasn't got long. So that covers the players, and we open on a courtroom with Eddie Lawton grilling the boys Larry and Curly are on Moe's lap like ventriloquist dummies. He says, were you in Miss Throttlebottom's hen house? No, we was in the house. He says, what house? The dog house. And Moe knocks their heads together. The judge says they only have circumstantial evidence and that the boys are not guilty. Curly pulls his hat out of his pocket, and chicken feathers go everywhere. They are on trial for stealing chickens, evidently. Curly is picking feathers off the bailiff uh, Bud Jameson's jacket, and he looks at him, he says, uh, dandruff, and puts it on his own, puts the feathers on his own head. The judge says, don't you bring flimsy charges like this against law-abiding citizens. The case is dismissed. That's John Tyrell. With a, as the judge with a pretty thick New York accent. The boys snap their fingers in Bud Jameson's face. Um, Curly can't snap his fingers, but he, uh, he shakes his fist and it sounds like dice shaking. <laughs> we cut to the boys fishing in a fish tank on the street, and a cop sees him. Curly says, I'm fishing for, look at that, it's a bear cutie, and what a cutie. Curly reaches behind him, he feels a badge, he turns around. And uh, it's a mannequin dressed as a cop. So he starts to, like, snap his fingers and flips its tie, and he punches it. He says, all my life I've wanted to sock a cop. And he turns around to pull up his sleeve, and he turns around, and Bud Jameson is there, the real cop. He has stepped in. So he starts smacking Curly around. They run off with Bud giving chase. We cut to magician Professor Bilbo, Monty Collins, doing his disappearing girl trick. The sign says he is selling one-shot hair tonic. It was a weird sales technique to be a magician selling hair tonic. So he has the lovely Claire James in a cabinet. She is dressed like a cigarette girl, um, if you know what I mean from back then. She's got a pillbox hat and like big gauntlet-looking things on her forearms and a short skirt. Uh, See if maybe I'll get my wife a pillbox hat. So Professor Bilbo, he closes the door and he crosses to the other cabinet and he fires the magic gun and opens the other door. Curly's in the box. He's trying to make time with the girl. Curly says, this is private and he closes the door. And Bilbo turns around, kind of flummoxed and says a little like, well, like what happened? a funny little reaction. He says to the crowd, "The little lady has picked up a boyfriend on the way. I will get rid of him now." And he fires the magic gun again and opens the doors the door, and all three boys are crammed into the cabinet. uh Bud Jamison, the cop sees him, he gives chase. They close the door and go out underneath behind the uh behind Bilbo's setup there while Bilbo starts complaining to the cop about license fees. The boys run and steal a plumber's truck, Casey the Plumber. And off they go. Bud Jameson comes running up and he jumps on the trailer that the truck is pulling. And then they pull the pin and he crashes and flies into some wet cement. The boys eventually stop the truck. They say, this is far enough, where are we? And all of a sudden a butler, Wilson Bang, Bang, Benj, comes over to them on the street and he says, I called you plumbers over an hour ago. Now get inside and get to work. Famous last words. Curly says, who told, you we're, we're, who told you we're plumbers? How do you like that guy? Then he sees the cop coming on a bicycle and he says, yep, we're plumbers. They grab some tools and run on inside. How do you like that? I think I'm going to try and bring that saying back. How do you like that guy? So they're standing in the living room. It's a, you know, big fancy house. Mo says, uh, pretty nice place you got here. Where's the leak, boy? <laughs> he says, it's in the basement. Larry says, where's the basement? And Curly jumps in and says, it's obvious. It's upstairs, up to the basement. And they run off. Finally, they get downstairs and they run into the basement. They see the leak. Mo asks Larry what he knows about plumbing. Larry says, nothing. Mo says, that's fine. You assist me. <laughs> uh, Curly looks at the leak and says, uh, it's a simple job for simple people, which is a great little line. They send Curly to shut off the water, and Larry gives Mo a wrench. Uh, Larry goes to hit the wrench to get it started, you know, moving, and uh, he puts a hole in the uh, smoke pipe, I guess. It's like a heating pipe duct for the house, and smoke comes out of it. I guess they're burning coal, you know, to keep the house warm, so it's smoky. Mo says, uh, "Put some tape on it." And Larry says, "We forgot the tape." And Mo comes back with the great line, "Well, we had to forget something, or we wouldn't be plumbers." <laughs> and Larry comes back with a girdle. He says, "Look, I found a straitjacket." And they wrap it around the hole, and they they clip all the garters together, or all the buttons together, rather. And then Mo says, "He's got the garter straps," and he says, "What do we do with these?" Larry says, "You swing on them like this," and he's like he's gonna swing. But it fits, though, and it stops the leak. So um, that's probably the last thing that they'll do properly. So we cut to Curly wandering around the house looking for the water shutoff. He's carrying a satchel with, like, 10-foot-long poles uh, or pipes in it. It's just knocking stuff all over the place. He hears water running from a room, and he goes in where it's the bathroom. Someone is showering. Jay Eaton pokes his head out of the curtain. He's still got his monocle on. He says, I'm taking a bath. Curly says, bath, bath, whatever. You got to get out of here. I'm shutting off the water. And he chases him out wearing a towel when he gets out. You know, Curly looks at the towel and he says, oh, leftover from New Year's, eh? I'm not sure what that means. So he tries to shut off the water, but it is still coming out of the showerhead kind of leaking. So he takes his wrench to the faucet and twists that all the way off and water shoots straight out. And so it begins. <laughs> he has a funny bit where he's covering the spout with his hand and his hat. And uh, he's like sneaking peeks at the water and it, it, it doesn't spray. And then it sprays when he looks at it. You know, Pretty funny stuff from Curly. He gets super frustrated and ends up just sitting down on the, on the edge of the tub to think. And uh, his mannerisms are great throughout the whole scene. It's, it's, Curly was really funny. So we cut to Moe and Larry in the basement waiting for Curly to shut off the water. Larry sees that T tool thing that he shut off the water in the yard and he says, I saw a guy once, I once saw a guy turn off the water in the yard. And Mo sends him out to do just that. The tool catches on Moe's suspenders and it, you know, obviously boing, smashes back, hits Moe, knocks him into the boiler. Curly has a long, uh, he's put a long pipe to the wall And he's very happy with himself, and then he looks at the other end, and water's coming out of it, of course. Um, Now in one second, they cut back, and the the tub is full of water. He attaches another pipe now to the end of it. It goes out of the tub into the bathroom proper. Water's now flooding the room. He can't figure it out, and he just keeps attaching pipe after pipe to the end of the line. It must have been great fun to shoot this scene. Every time he attaches a pipe, he gets this satisfied little look, and he's like, ah, and then he notices the leak again. It just, you know, he's getting more and more frustrated. We cut to Larry just digging random holes in the yard, looking for the water shutoff valve. Um, Then we cut to the cook, Dudley Dickerson. He's washing vegetables, and Mo starts spinning the pipe downstairs, and the faucet in the kitchen spins upside down. Dudley stares at it all dumbfounded. It starts spinning, and he grabs it and tries to, to stop it from moving, but it unscrews in his hand, and now water is spraying all over the kitchen. There's a funny bit with Mo messing with the pipe in the basement and Dudley getting sprayed and whatnot in the kitchen. It's uh, The water is stopping and starting. It's much like the Curly sneaking peeks at the water, and it sprays them. So he cut to Curly, who is now surrounded by a maze of pipes, and water is still spraying down on him from above, and he starts screaming for help. "Mo, Larry, I'm, yeah, Mo, Larry, I'm surrounded. Finally, he picks up a drill, a manual drill, one of those ones you hold in your hand, and Spin's got the big drill bit on the end. And uh, he starts drilling holes in the floor to let the water out. The butler now comes to Larry outside, Larry is now in a deep hole and uh, he yells at Larry to stop digging and Larry tells him, don't tell me how to run my business, beat it. (laughs) Don't tell me how to run my business, beat it. Moe has the pipe uh, back together now in the basement. He says, who says you need meated brains to be a plumber? And then all of a sudden water from the holes in the curlies, putting in the floor, starts to pour on his head. There's a funny little bit with Moe getting frustrated as the water's dumping on him. Every time he steps to the side, it, it, it pours on him more after another hole opens up. Moe finally says, uh, this ain't a house, it's a sieve, and Curly comes crashing down through the floor. Moe is mad that he broke the pipe that he had just fixed, and uh, they, they do that thing where Moe tells him, uh, go get a pipe, and Curly refuses. Moe says, what are you going to do about it? Curly says, Well, I guess I'll go and get the pipe, you know. I was gonna go get the pipe. Just a funny little bit. Curly finds the pipe he needs coming from the electrical box, and he yanks at it until it comes loose. He says, No wonder the water don't work. The pipe is full of wires. And Mo says, That's a fine place for wires. Yank them out. So now we cut to the cook, he's mixing some batter and looking giving side eyes to the sink. Like you're gonna keep you gonna act up. and he notices the light fixture bobbing up and down in the ceiling from Curly yanking on the wires. Then he looks over and he sees the hands on the clock are going round and round and his his eyes bug out and he's looking at everything. He's pretty funny. Dudley is really funny. Larry's now uh in a hole outside so deep that you can't even see him. And then there's a huge pile of wire next to Curly as he keeps just pulling wire out of this thing. Finally get it all and they hook that pipe to the leaking water pipe. And now in the kitchen, the light bulb is filling with water. It breaks and uh, Dudley gives the classic line, this house show gone crazy. Probably shouldn't do that accent, but you know. Water starts spraying out of the stovetop's fixtures and uh, Dudley slips and slides out of the room. He comes back in a minute later with his rain gear on. He's got his rain hat and his slicker. And he's slipping and sliding all over the house. It's a really funny scene. This is definitely remembered as a classic Stooges scene for sure. So now Larry outside again. He comes up out of the ground, like Bugs Bunny style, out of a hole in the ground. He just pops his head up and he looks around. And he says, I'll find this thing or else. And he goes back down the hole. So now the rich people in the house, they have a television. This is 1939, they have a television. And best Flowers here as Mrs. Hadley says that uh, they would like to give a demonstration of our new television machine. <laughs> um, she says you will not only hear the broadcast, you will actually see it on the screen. So I thought TV came out in in the 50s, but evidently not. This is shot in 1939 and they have, you know, the rich people, the hubbub that they do, you know, that the rich guests all make over the show. Kind of says that it was very new, but uh, she turns it on and it says, WX-2-1, broadcasting from Niagara Falls. And uh, it's a picture of Niagara Falls, the Canadian side, I might add. And uh, water gushes out of the screen because the, you know, water's in all the, you know, fixtures now. So And it just knocks the crap out of her. It hits this lady and sends her flying across the room. So... I couldn't tell who who it was. It was not um, Bess Flowers. She moves out of the way and there's another party guest lady standing there and she just gets plowed. So she looks at the butler, Uh, Bess looks at the butler and she says, what is happening? He says, it's the plumbers, they're wrecking the house. She says, I'll put a stop to that. And she goes to the telephone, she picks it up. I'll, I'll call Mr. Casey. And she picks up the phone and water sprays out of it all over. Uh, Mo goes to throw a rag at Curly just as Mrs. Hadley opens the door and she takes it right in the face. Curly runs by pushing her into the butler's arms and uh, he stops just briefly to look at him and he says, don't mind me, I'm only the plumber as she looks as he runs by because the butler's kind of hugging her. And she looks, she stands up and looks all scandalized and is like patting herself down. It's pretty funny. Curly goes into the bathroom and he almost falls down the hole again that he's... uh, you know that he's drilled through he says that's dangerous and he covers it with a rug and then he runs grabs some tools and runs out so now mr hadley comes home he says what's all the hubbub here what's going on and the, the butler says it's the plumbers they're wrecking the house and they've destroyed the bathroom and he says well i'll see about that so he runs into the bathroom and immediately falls through the hole in the floor the boys are in the basement, and they pick him up, and they are giving it to him. They are mad because he he says, you, you ruined our whole day's work. Looks <laughs> like they've done anything. And it turns out that it is the judge from earlier, the homeowner, who let them go. And uh, now he's very angry. So he chases them. We cut to the party is in the garden now. And Mrs. Hadley is introducing the party entertainment, which turns out to be Bilbo the Great. And the boys run into the garden. The cops are running as well. Uh, the boys jump in the hole that Larry dug earlier. And the cops jump in after him. So now they're in tunnels under the under the house, evidently. So we uh, we cut to Bilbo firing just as he's firing the magic shot. And he walks over to open the cabinet door. And we hear a scream as Claire James screams and runs out, followed by... All the three boys, three Stooges, and then like four cops or six cops or something, and then four motorcycle cops all following after them. The end. So this is the last short shot in the 1930s, and it is considered a favorite by fans and a quintessential short of the Stooges. As of 2010, it was the highest rated of all their shorts on IMDb, and it was Curly fav- Curly's, and it was Curly Howard's favorite of all their shorts that they did. This is a remake of a 1934 short by a team of Sidney and Murray, who I, I'm not, I wasn't sure who they were, I never heard of them, but they did a short in '34 called "Plumbing for Gold" that involved a gold ring, that uh, storyline that the boys didn't use in their version of the remake. And then this was then remade again in 1944 by Shemp in a solo effort with L. Brendel as Pick a Peck of Plumbers, and then remade once again by the Stooges in 1949 with Shemp in a short called Vagabond Loafers. And finally, once again in 1956 as Scheming Schemers using stock footage. Uh, the original gold ring storyline is inserted back in for this 1956 version, so that's several remakes of that's crazy. And then Curly does a, uh, a a version, another version of the maze of pipes gags in 1946's Swing Parade of 1946. That's what it's called, Swing Parade of 1946. And finally, Joe Dorita does his version of the gag in Have Rocket Will Travel in 1959. Wow. And uh, we'll get to all of those eventually, even the Shemp solo, if I can find a copy of it. I'm looking forward to the solos. That'll be fun, I've never seen any of those. So that is a well-traveled short for sure. According to Moe's 1977 biography, several scenes had to be reshot at considerable cost because Del Lord was playing with his hair while they were shooting, and the shadow of that was caught on film. And so that, you know, it ruined several takes. So we heard some stories about Del Lord over the course of this, where he was kind of a tyrant, so... Anyway, Sam Raimi, he was the director of the Evil Dead series and uh, the Spider Man, the first couple of Spider Man movies, is a big stooge fan. And he used the light bulb filling with water scene in one of his films. Although, in his film, the light bulb fills with blood and then breaks. Scary. The TV announcer's voice is Jules White, so that's pretty cool. Um, he's got a, a a good announcer voice. I noticed that before, you know, during the short while I was watching it before I even knew who it was. Like, oh, that guy okay. should have voiceover work. So it gets a 9.59 out of 10 on ThreeStooges.net. And surprisingly, I'm going to give it a 9. It is solid. The second half is hilarious, but it takes a few minutes to get going and to get to them being plumbers. The beginning part with them in court um, is just... Weak, but um, solid gags and laughs. With curly, uh, curly with the pipes is a ten on its own. That is a, that's a great little bit there. Uh, it's a great short. So even though this is the last short of 1939, it was released in 1940, and it's like the fourth one released of the in the year. I've already made my pick as favorite of the year of 1939, which is three sappy people. 1938 was Tassels in the Air. 1937 is The Sitter Downers. 36 is Disorder in the Court. 35 is Hoy Palloy. 34 is Punch Drunks. They are all going to go into the tournament where I will pit the best of each year against each other and decide the best and greatest stud short of all time. That is a uh, totally arbitrary decision made by me. And uh, you'll all just have to live with it. So that's going to do it for this episode. The next short is Nutty But Nice. So please click subscribe so you don't miss out. Please rate and review the show and drop me a line if you have any comments or suggestions or book offers or bags of money that you cannot keep any longer. Whatever. Thanks for listening. And I have been your chief knucklehead, Gabriel Russo, broadcasting from Stooge Studio in the bathroom.